Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I have a ton to get to in this video today, including some truly historic news that I referenced in the title of this video. I mean, let's be honest, how often do I use all caps in my titles? Not very often. This is a big deal. And I want to get to that here in a second. Um, real quick, I'm recording this video on a Friday afternoon. So I'll be bringing this to you uh, Saturday morning. That's when I'll be publishing it. So the markets are closed. You know, and I'm recording this after the markets are closed. You're not going to miss anything between now and then. Um, real quick, uh, I, I do want to go, before I get to that historic news, um, some just a, just a quick recap of the price action in the silver and gold markets. Three big takeaways here. Uh, number one. This is red, by the way, silver. Uh, I should have just made it gray. And then gold here in this goldish color. Uh, number one, silver bounced nicely off of $14. I think it's a key support line. Not surprising. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to those those lows that we're seeing back in, uh, you know, the end of 2015. And, and, you know, $14, nice round number. It bounced. You know, it, it, not a huge bounce, not up to $14.50, not up to $15. But it did bounce nonetheless. It didn't breach that support line. And I see that as encouraging. Um, takeaway number two, uh, gold outperformed silver on the week. You can see that in this uh, gold to silver ratio chart right now. I mean, it's over 84 to one, which I, I see as, as uh, very high, very high in the gold to silver, even over the short term, uh, but certainly over the long term, extremely high. Uh, number three, I, I, I see silver and gold as um, well, A, I mean, extremely low prices right now. And B, I, I would guess that they're, they're oversold right now, even over the short term. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they bounced to, to start the week next week. But, you know, that's kind of a quick roundup. They do remain depressed. I mean, gold closed under $1,200. Uh, silver is, is barely above $14 an ounce. With that being said, you know, we, we could definitely see this change. And that's kind of gets – I'll close this tab here. That kind of gets to the uh, – well, what I referenced in the title of this video – uh, the Commitment of Trades Report. Okay, and I'll, I'll put this as a 20-year chart. It's actually a 25-year chart I discovered. This is uh, from barchart.com. Okay, uh, Commitment of Traders Report. So what you have right here is you have the price of silver over the last 25 years. So it goes back to September of 1993. And then down here, I want to focus on these three lines right here. So it's a little bit difficult to see. We'll zoom in, in here in a second. And, and the red line here, these are the three different major categories of uh, of, of traders in the COT report, the Commitment of Traders report. Okay, so the red line here is commercials, you know, banks, uh, including uh, J.P. Morgan. That's that's a big one here. And again, something to reference in the title of this video. Uh, blue, you have small speculators. Not, I don't know, super important in the whole scheme of things. They don't hold uh, nearly as large of positions, generally speaking, as as the commercials or the other category here, uh, the large speculators, that's that's hedge funds, managed money, uh, technical funds, whatever. Um, they all kind of get thrown into this category here. Now, this chart, like I said, goes back 25 years, okay? And nowhere over the last 25 years did this red line move above the zero mark, meaning that nowhere in the last 25 years have commercials, including JP Morgan and, and other banks, been net long silver until last week last week we had and, and i'll shrink this guys to, to a one-year chart here last week we had the commitment of traders report come out and show that commercials were now long what was it uh 1417 contracts okay 5,000 ounce contracts I, I, they were long i mean that's the historic really the historic thing but now we know that as of well this friday and again, this is stuff reported from, from Monday. There's a bit of a delay here. 
they have taken that long position, net long position at least, and they they are now 10 times more net long. I mean, if you see, if you look at the actual numbers, you'll notice that. So these are the actual numbers um, compared to last week. They've subtracted from their long positions, but they've they've closed out even more short positions in the last week. Okay, this is historic. I mean, this is huge. 25 years of history now, and we're finally seeing commercials move to a net long position now. I want to warn you guys. I mean, you will see people out there saying that this is it. I mean, this is silver. It is on the launch pad and it is going to the moon. It's top in 20 by the end of the year, uh, top in 100 by the end of next year, you know, uh, things like that. And and certainly could happen. I mean, I think that this is one of the most bullish things in the silver market in, in quite a while now, right? Um, especially in, in the sea of bearishness that we've experienced over the last couple of months. Um, this is bullish, okay? Commercials being that long. And the reason for that is, is well, JP Morgan, um, what many people, including myself, see as one of the major players on the COMEX, a major manipulator, and there I said it, manipulation, manipulators of the price of silver, JP Morgan. Um, for the longest time now, they have been short silver, okay? And all the while, you know, since what, 2011, 2012, they've been accumulating a ton of physical silver in their COMEX vault. And according to some, they also hold a ton of other silver. And by a ton, I mean a lot more than just a ton. We're, we're talking over 140 million ounces on the COMEX. Some reports, for instance, Ted Butler has quoted uh, three quarters of a billion ounces that, that are not reported. That's that's a huge pile of silver, okay? That represents, if it's actually that high, 750 million ounces represents perhaps the largest non-governmental hoard of silver in human history, okay? And certainly the largest hoard of silver uh, right now. So that's a lot of silver, even if it's just 140 million ounces. That's a lot, okay? So they've been shorting it for all this time. They've been making money off those shorts as the price has been forced down. And now we're seeing them close out those short positions, and now they're net long. So yes, I mean, silver could potentially be on the launch pad. Uh, as Ted the Butler said in my relatively recent uh, interview with him, silver, uh, JP Morgan is in prime position to let silver run, to let silver make its run up. Even if it's just a $20, but I think much, much higher because, well, they're net long, or at least commercials are net long, okay? And they have this huge, uh, well, long position, I guess you could say, in the form of their physical silver. I mean, some people debate whether or not they actually hold it on the COMEX, and I tend to think that they do. I think that there's a lot of people out there, actors out there, whether it's, you know, SLV or or many other uh, aspects of the COMEX or whatever, where, where you see a lot of paper silver and not a whole lot of physical to back it. But I think JP Morgan does have that physical silver. And, you know, it, what are the big takeaways that we can kind of conclude from this? I, the two big ones, A, I already kind of said the first one, or number one, uh, JP Morgan is in prime position to let silver run up. That's a big takeaway. Doesn't mean they will. Doesn't mean silver will run up, but they're in a good position. Okay, keep an eye on this. Number two, I think that this is very bullish for silver in the sense that we're close to the bottom, or at least we're going to have a turnaround pretty quick here. Right? The fact that commercials are net long, when we know that commercials are such a key part of uh, well, manipulating the price of silver, I, I see that as encouraging. Okay, um, I, the, the whole idea of $8 silver, uh, $10 silver, $12 silver even, um, seems much, much more unlikely when you get this type of data, when you get this type of uh, historic data coming out. Um, so, so keep an eye on this. I'll be keeping an eye on this over the next couple of weeks. Um, 
you know, if we're in the middle of, of October or November and all of a sudden silver's at 16 or $17 an ounce or something like that, and, and JP Morgan and commercials are still net long, right? Or, or if they're even more net long or, or even just barely net short or whatever, anything along those lines, uh, then yeah, I mean, I, I see that as very bullish. But we've also seen them kind of toy with, with traders in the past, uh, move to a, a very close to... Um, you know, long position. We saw it uh, earlier this year in the spring. We saw them move to a very uh, small short position, right? Pretty close to neutral there. Uh, but but long story short, they they played it for a bit, and then they added a ton to their shorts as the price of silver had had kind of briefly spiked there, and then the price got forced down. I wonder by whom, and they closed out a lot of the shorts and, and probably made a significant profit off of it. Okay, but now they're net long. So so the game has changed. Okay, this is historic. Keep an eye on this. You're going to see many other people talk about it, um, and 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 there's reason that people are talking about it. So that's a big thing. Price this over commitment traders report. I want to talk about two other things here as well. I'll close this out. Uh, first of all, I heard a lot of news, and maybe I'm missing a bit on this because I'm a couple days late. But but the U.S. Mint selling out of Silver Eagles. You know, this is not what I would consider, at least right now, a shortage for physical silver. It's not at this point. Now, with that being said, uh, you know, two observations, or one one concrete observation. Um, I think many of you will notice higher premiums on silver across the board right now. Maybe not. Maybe it's just me. But but I tend to find that that I don't know. There there's just less deals going on right now. Um, there is is it's harder to find silver at, at a lower premium. Maybe that's just me. You can do this own research. But I wouldn't be surprised if going forward. You continue to see slightly elevated premiums, certainly elevated premiums with, with American Silver Eagles. Um, the, the other thing here is that, uh, yes, U.S. American Silver Eagles have you know sold out for the mint, and maybe you'll see premiums go up on them. Um, but that doesn't mean that uh, uh, that they've sold out altogether, uh, that silver is, is out of stock. Um, the other thing that you're going to see here, I think, potentially, is maybe increased delivery times. Um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but yeah, um, maybe higher premiums, maybe increased delivery times. We've seen this in the past, and this is maybe a precursor potentially to a shortage. I think it's too early to say that, though. So don't get too worked up. Don't feel like, well, I need to go out and buy some 2018 American Silver Eagles. It's you know, I, I even I saw some one person say, well, hey, you know, back in previous years, 2015 or 2016 or whatever year, they sold way more Silver Eagles than this year. So why are they running out now? I mean, the reason for it is that, you know, thus far in 2018, silver demand has been pretty weak. And so it's not like, you know, just because one year there, the, the uh, U.S. Mint sold X amount of ounces, let's say 100 million. I don't even know what their yearly totals are, but I'd say they sold 100 million American Silver Eagles one year. It doesn't mean that, that two years later, they're still going to mint that many and if they don't sell them they're just going to melt them down no they, they try and you know like any producer they try and match their supply to the demand somewhat and they've fallen behind i mean either them or or you know some of their their uh, suppliers for for blanks including you know sunshine mint but but no i'm not seeing a full-blown silver shortage so so don't get too worried about that at this point um but Keep an eye on it. I mean, sure, a silver shortage would not be unheard of, and certainly increased premiums, longer wait times, that's kind of a precursor to a, a full-blown shortage. Uh, but but for that to happen, I think either one or two things have to happen. Either, hey, silver is going to be forced down a lot more. Uh, I'm talking another 50 cents, another dollar. Then you start to get into that, that range and start to worry about that uh, or, or look forward to it, depending on your perspective. Or B, you, you have a huge spike in silver. 
right? A huge spike following a, a low would potentially bring a lot of people into buying in the market. So, um, and speaking of which, you know, we talk about these low prices, the gold and silver ratio had to be at a very high level. Uh, talk about um, the, the commitment of trades report and and uh, the commercials moving net long. We, we have to ask ourselves, you know, if they were to, if silver were to rise in price, you know, other than just through manipulation, what types of catalysts can we be looking for? Um, and, and I would say one that I want to mention in this video today would be geopolitical uh, catalysts. And, and you can see this one right here on the screen. Um, I apologize for my podcasters. You guys have no clue what I'm talking about in this video today because you're just you're just hearing audio. But uh, but this one right here is 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 talking about the ongoing situation in uh, Syria. So so essentially, you have Syria and Assad. Assad has weathered this civil war. It's not over yet, but he's he's held on to his power. He has garnered the support of of uh, Iran and Russia and I, I think Hezbollah as well. I don't keep up on this stuff super well. But yeah, I think Hezbollah, if I remember my uh, Middle Eastern politics uh, decently well, yeah, they're on the side of of, of the um, of, of the Assad regime, and they've they haven't won the war yet, but they've they've forced out a lot of the uh, rebels, including the extremist rebels, um, out of what is it, southwestern Syria, close to the to the Israeli border. Okay, uh, and and one of the major battles that they still have to fight is in the Idlib province okay of, of Syria which is still a major um, major stronghold for for rebels okay um, and so this is gonna you know they're, they're beginning their offensive they're beginning their bombing and you know if the US wants to escalate things in the Middle East or or at least escalate it surrounding the Civil War um, well, I mean, they have to do it when the civil war is still going on. It's still kind of being fought. And so uh, you're seeing a lot of rhetoric about Assad and him potentially using chemical weapons in this Idlib offensive, which makes no sense to me. They're, they're mostly, most likely going to win, you know, unless some crazy thing happens. The Israelis, the U.S., the French and they they mount a huge support effort for these rebels and, and maybe they can hang on for a little bit longer than than they would otherwise uh, or some other fluke event. Um, it, they're winning. I mean, Assad is winning because he has the support of the Russians, the Iranians, Hezbollah, and and I'm sure others. And why would they use chemical weapons and and risk taking off the United States in the West at this point in the war? They they're they're pretty close to winning. I mean, it makes no sense to me. They can fight this conventionally. They don't, they don't need to use biological or chemical or, or God forbid, nuclear weapons at this point um, because they're, they're most likely going to win. It's just going to be a matter of how long will it take, right? Will it be three months from now? Will it be six months, uh, a year? But, but they're going to win, I'm sure, eventually, unless uh, the rebels get a whole bunch of support. And one of the ways that they could get support is if there's a huge intervention from the West because the, the Assad regime allegedly used chemical weapons, right? And so, you know, I, I'm not sure, you know, if there's a false flag or if there's chemical weapons use. Let's just, let's not even call it a false flag initially. If there's a chemical weapons um, event in Syria, I don't know who's going who's, who's gonna to be the perpetrator for sure. But my guess would be probably one of the rebel groups, potentially with ties to, to the West, to Israel, United States, or, or Saudi Arabia or something. Who knows where they would have gotten them from. Um, but but they'd be using it with the intent of garnering support from the West, just like they have in the past. Okay, 
And and then, you know, things get dicey. I mean, again, this war is coming to a close. If the uh, neoconservatives, the military industrial complex want to get something started here off of this, whether it's uh, prolonging the Syrian civil war, whether it's it's bringing this into to other places like Lebanon or, or Iran, they, they don't have a ton of time to do it. OK, and so definitely keep an eye on this. OK, in terms of being a catalyst for the precious metals markets, you know, we talk about economic catalysts. We talk about ones purely based on the market, whether it's JP Morgan or technicals or whatever we talk. But but geopolitical ones should not be uh, discounted, especially at a time like this. Who knows? I mean, I'm again, I'm recording this video on Friday. By the time you guys see this, who knows? Maybe the U.S. will have lobbed some some cruise missiles uh, towards towards Syria. And, and at that point, I mean, the question is, how far will the U.S., France, U.K., whatever other allies, how far, how far will they go in this intervention? Will it be kind of a one and done type deal or will this be a bit more of a prolonged thing? Um, and second of all, will the Russians help the Syrians? I don't necessarily see Russia shooting down U.S. airplanes, at least initially. OK, but they launch cruise missiles if they shoot air to surface missiles or something else towards Syrian forces. Will the Russians use their missile defense system, namely their S-400s, very advanced air defense system, surface-to-air missiles, to shoot down some cruise missiles or air-to-surface air, uh, air missiles or, or anything along those lines, uh, or even potentially, you know, U.S. fighter jets or, or whatever, whatever jets we shut in their way, whatever aircraft, will they use their air defense system? Because if they do, that's a major escalation. The Russians, as far as I know, have chosen not to use that in the past. I mean, the Syrians have some Russian systems. I'm not super familiar, but I'm sure they have S-100s, maybe 200s, maybe 300s. But the S-400s is kind of the crown jewel right now for, for Russian air defense. It's not something that has really seen head-to-head -head confrontation with, with uh, some of the, the aircraft used by U.S. and our allies, whether it's the F-35 or the um, yeah, F-22, F-16, F F F-18, anything along those lines, uh, certainly the, the, the B-2 or, or anything like that. Um, so it would be interesting if they actually use those, even just to shoot down cruise missiles. I don't know. But keep an eye on this. This could very well escalate and be a catalyst for silver and gold. You guys probably know what I could say otherwise for a potential catalyst in terms of, of an emerging market contagion, uh, a derivatives blow up in Europe, whatever. I could go on about that. But I do want to round up this video here. So so I hope this is interesting to you guys. Uh, again, historic stuff here in the silver market. Keep an eye on this stuff. I hope you guys are as excited and interested in this as I am. This might be boring to some people, but this could be life-changing to, to others. And this could be really the, the, the end of an era and the beginning of a new era. But, but time will tell. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this video. Certainly, if you like this video, if you like my content, liking this video, subscribing, comment, all those things help me out a ton. Also, there's a link below in the description to my Patreon page where you can support me on a monthly basis. Little is a dollar a month, which is pretty insignificant for most people. That's you know, like a candy bar, you know, a month, not a whole lot, but but you get a lot of great content over there. You also, uh, each month I'm selecting randomly one of my Patreon supporters to come on for an interview. So I actually just uh, picked somebody for September. He actually turned it down because he said he's too busy, but but I'll be picking somebody else here pretty soon here. And it's always a lot of fun to, to talk to my uh, my patrons over there and, and uh, certainly check it out. You know, by no means it feel obligated to do it. I'm happy to have you guys here in the first place. I'm happy to provide this content to you free of charge, but it's a great way to support a channel that, that you hopefully get a lot of value out of. So as always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video and 
God bless.